we were just talking about the last dance and I'm, I want to talk about it. It's pretty interesting because it's been the sweep in the nation right now over here in America. It's been the, the talk of the town at whether you're into sports or not into sports. I think overseas though, you get to watch it on Netflix, right? You get to watch it like in binge mode. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still trending on Netflix over here. I wouldn't say it's as wow. popular, but it's definitely, definitely top 10 in this country. Because in America, it's on ESPN, just cable, and you get to watch two episodes for five weeks. So for the last five weeks, you've just been watching, I've been watching two episodes a week. So last, yeah, last Sunday, the finale was episodes nine and 10. And as a British guy who, who's not, who wasn't really into basketball until recently, I, I would think you know who Michael Jordan was, considering he played in the, in the dream team in Barcelona, and that's over there as well. I would think Michael Jordan is just like the one basketballer that everybody would know overseas, no matter what. I mean, yeah, I mean, like it states in the documentary that he's turned himself into a brand and when they come over, they're selling America. So a lot of people still do know Michael Jordan over here. Basketball, I wouldn't say is as big, but, you know, no. people over here still do know the main players. And like I myself, I only, as you know, I only really got into it late December 2018. So right. I'm, a fairly, I'm a fairly new fan, it's fair to say. Well, that's cool, man. That's cool that the crossover of basketball. But if you go to Paris, which is just a tube ride away, Paris, huge basketball culture right now. Tons of players in the league. And, you know, PSG is sponsored by Jordan. And it seems like Michael Jordan loves France. He loves Barcelona, but he loves France. Uh, he's got some epic outfits, man. Have you seen the outfits that Jordan wears in the 90s? Uh, I would rock. I would never shower. I would wear those combinations all day, every day. Yeah, those um, – those Olympic 1992 tops. Dude, I the top. Are you, are you talking about the, 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 the Dream Team jersey? Or are you talking about like the matching shirt and shorts combination that he was rocking in Barcelona? Both. They were pretty. They were Dude, all pretty epic. All of it was amazing. The Dream. I want some Dream Team, like a tank top for the summer. I think that'd be dope. And I do want that Jordan outfit. But they've never remade it. Like if, if that would never stay on the shelves. I would wear it all day, every day. And yeah, it took over. Nine and ten. What'd you think, man? Watching, never experiencing basketball. I, I myself never experienced the Jordan era. I got into basketball after Jordan retired. So I didn't really get to vision the Jordan, visit the Jordan era until now. And just watching it, like, as somebody who does not even caring about the basketball part of it, just, like, just watching just Michael Jordan, the person, it's like, what did you gather from it? I think, like, it was just, it was just so many things I didn't really know about him. Because as I said, I only recently got into basketball. And I didn't really like, fully understand. I didn't even know that he took time off to play baseball, mm -hmm. all of that, all the drama. And the fact that he's able to do that is, and then come back and retrain his body for basketball with his personal trainer and everything. And things like when he had the food poisoning, he just continued to play at a top, top mm -hmm. level against top, top competition. It just shows his strong mentality to win. And I think that's why, for me, he's got to be the greatest of all time. I mean, he, he, it, 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 it was a little hard to follow in the beginning because the timeline was like jumping all over the place. Uh, but it's just how they wrapped it all together was unbelievable. Episode one was obviously about Jordan. Episode two was about Pippen. And then three was about Rodman. And then they finally dived into, into the winning and into like the, his eight year run he had uh, in the middle of the nineties. And then obviously the Steve Kerr episode near the end, which I started crying when I saw that, like his dad was assassinated in Beirut yeah. and this like the scrappy white boy who could give you buckets. He found a way to just make it and to become a part. And I could totally relate to Steve Kerr when Michael Jordan's just like trying to whisper like, Hey, be ready. 
He's like, I'll be ready. Like I would, that would totally be me too. Just totally blow Michael Jordan's cover. And just, um, just amazing. I have a list of, of points that I want to, like, I have like these 10 takeaways to match the 10 episodes. Let me pull these up real quick. Okay. Bring it. My, Bring it. Let's see. Number one. And if I'm missing anything, I'll, I'll add it as I'm talking, because once I get going with the, with the documentary, it gets going. Steve Kerr is just a gangster. Like I said before, his dad, assassinated he got punched in the face by michael jordan and then ending up and then ended up hitting a game winner in the finals in 1997 you want to talk about coming full circle zach he also four-peated people forget okay people forget that steve kerr won the three in a row with the chicago right he was part of the second three-peat he was traded the year after in 1999 he was traded when they blew it up he was traded to the spurs and the spurs were the team who won it in 1999 duncan's rookie year lockout year so Steve Kerr is the, first, is the only player in the last 50 years to four-peat as a player. This man was not only a player, he was a broadcaster, general manager. He's a coach now. This guy is just like a basketball G, all right? And he's got, what, three as a coach? If Durant doesn't get injured and Draymond doesn't kick LeBron in the nuts, he probably wins four in a row. He'd be the only dude to coach four in a row. And to win four in a row as a player – Steve Kerr is just all time. And I think people like Steve Kerr after this documentary. I want my own Steve Kerr documentary. Like this dude is just a, le- a beast, a legend. He's always been a nice guy, a good guy, all that other fun stuff. But I think it shines a light on Steve Kerr, especially because Steve Kerr is very big in a pol- political talk. That dude has all the cachet to talk about politics. He knows what he's talking about. He's got the background. He's got a lot of cachet when it comes to that now, especially after this number two, Zach, my guy, Dennis Rodman, the worm. Dennis Rodman, yo, in the middle of the finals, mm. went to WCW and joined the NWO in the middle of the, N- in the NWO, in the middle of the NBA finals. That is lunacy. That, that could never happen in the social media era. I, I cannot imagine, like, if LeBron James, not like, let's say, okay, Rodman, let's say if Kyrie Irving took off in the middle of the NBA finals, to go and, and hang out with Roman Reigns and John Cena at WrestleMania. No, it's crazy. And then, like, the media, and then he had a sprint. They showed the behind-the-scenes where, you're like, they had to sneak him out. And I love how he was running, Zach, and the media was trying to catch up. Like, they had a shot at catching a professional athlete <laughs> running down the hallway. Uh, that's the best part. But then Dennis Rodman came back, and he played his butt off. I mean, Dennis Rodman is the definition of, when I'm off the clock, I'm off the clock. Don't bother me after. Don't bother me when we're not working. Because we're not working, I'm living. Shout out to Dennis Rodman. Number three, Isaiah Thomas is still hated in, in, in basketball circles. For You don't know, Zach. Isaiah Thomas, he played on the Detroit Pistons. He's the smallest guy on the bully team, right? So he I, was I like the, the documentary gen- as well. I watched the documentary as well. Okay, so Isaiah <laughs> Thomas is like a he was a general, so he would pick fights. He tried to play, he always had his goons come and save the day, right? So Isaiah Thomas, he's the second greatest point guard of all time. He's, in my opinion, the most underrated point guard in the history of basketball based on the events that had happened in his career, right? He he won the back-to-back titles. With the bad boys, he lost to Magic Johnson, I think, and it was at 87 or 88. They lost the year before that. Won the two titles. And then, Zach, the thing that he can never let down is when Isaiah Thomas walked off the court with the bad boys and did not shake Michael Jordan's hand. That, he can never, like, that is the sourest moment. Like, he cannot get – Scottie Pippen quit on his team in the, in the middle of the playoffs 
he doesn't he gets like people like okay it's okay they give him the benefit of the doubt because he was the way he was treated isaiah thomas after winning the two titles getting kicked out by jordan the same michael jordan they beat up every freaking year that coming down the lane the jordan rules elbow to the face knock him down beat him up he had to change his regimen to get stronger he finally finally beats the pistons and they walk off the court you know and then isaiah thomas's excuse was well larry bird walked off the court when he did it to us that's not the best thing to do what he should have probably said was yeah i, I messed up i messed up we, we messed up we should have shook jordan's hand kind of like how i shook his hand the year before and the year before that when we beat him but anyway this all led to the dream team Isaiah Thomas being left off the dream team. Christian Leitner made the dream team. That's a whole other situation. I'll get to that in a second, Zach. I'll get to that. I'm not even on the list right now. I'm going down a black hole, okay? We're getting cooked. This is what we're cooking right now. We're cooking. We're cooking. Christian Leitner. Remind me to talk about Christian Leitner. But uh, Isaiah Thomas did not make the team. Is he better than John Stockton? At the time, he definitely was uh, to make the team. Was he better than Chris Mullen? Yeah, he was better than Chris Mullen. I mean, Isaiah Thomas was – was like a top five player in the league, no doubt. He should have made the, the dream team. He didn't make the dream team. We all know why. We saw it in the documentary. He had his beef with Bird. He had his beef with Magic. He definitely had his beef with Jordan. And they didn't want to deal with the bad boys. They're like, I don't want to play with those guys. I mean, and we saw it in the ref. We, Michael Jordan is the only athlete to do the who's all going to be there for the Olympics. Like, he didn't want to talk about this. He's like, who's going to be there? Like, who's going to be at the party? I'm not going to go to the party unless I know who's there. And then he found, once he knew Isaiah wasn't there, he's like, I ain't doing all that. I know Jordan was trying to be nice and be like, I didn't say Isaiah's name. We know what the dealio was. Isaiah Thomas, yeah, great player. Number three, actually, that was number three. Number four, Charles Barkley is one of the greatest basketball players to ever live. And I know Draymond Green has three championship rings. I like Draymond as a dude. I like Draymond as a player. There's no way he is in the same conversation right now as Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley had this one-year run that was out of control, okay? So he, he was the best player on the Dream Team in, during the Olympics. He then was the MVP of the regular season after that, and then he met Jordan in the finals. Like, Charles, if Charles Barkley beats Michael Jordan and stops the 3 that is the greatest run than, that a basketball player has seen probably in the past 25 years up to that point. Obviously, it didn't happen. My guy Jordan, he beat Showtime. That was a passing of the torch, which was nice. And then he beat Clyde the Glide. Clyde Drexler didn't say a single word, but Michael Jordan made it personal somehow. He's <laughs> Clyde Drexler's like, hi, Michael. He's like, I took that personal. I took that personal the way he said hi to me. So he took that personal. He beat Clyde the Glide in the in the in the series, right? With the with the with the with the that, right? He did that. And then he beat Barkley. And that's the one that he probably should have lost. That's the one that that Suns team was better than the Bulls team on all around. It's just that Charles Barkley played out of his mind. And nobody else on the Suns showed up. That's pretty much what happened. Paxson hit the game shot, aka the guy prefers Steve Kerr. Paxson hit the game shot. Like literally, it's the it's the Steve Kerr versus Steve Kerr. Paxson hits the shot. Paxson literally, he has his whole life is based off that shot. He became the general manager of the Chicago Bulls. He's still there. He's got a job for life basically because of hitting that shot. So basically, they beat the, the Phoenix Suns. The first three Pete is done. And uh, he retires because he's exhausted from all the bull crap dealing with Jerry Krause. And all that other stuff. So that's that's my that's my spiel right there on Charles Barkley. I gotta talk about the flu game, man. It's a little off to me. It's a little off to me. First off, the guy, the, you know, the pizza guy right now. He's doing interviews right now. He's doing like I'm the guy who made the pizza and I didn't poison it. Why, why would Michael Jordan call Pizza Hut and be like, "This pizza's from Michael Jordan," and send it to Michael Jordan's room? That sounds a little suspicious to me. I don't know about all that. 
So I, mean, so I don't know. I don't think they probably would have said that. I mean, it's obvious. And then five people, five people went to deliver the pizza. He eats the pizza all by himself, a thin and crispy pepperoni. Whether it's food poisoning, whether it's the flu, whether it's he got on a private jet to Vegas and was just hung over from a night of gambling and drinking, who knows? I'm not, I don't know nothing. But that is a great story. It sold a lot of shoes. And it was an all-time moment, man. That is dropping 44 in 38 minutes or something like that. I mean, just an, he's a monster. Jordan's a monster. He's a killer. Any other way, no other way to put it. I'm going to save this point for later. Jerry Krause, little man syndrome. Couldn't get out of his way. Jerry Krause looks like the evil dude from Space Jam. Reincarnated, right? He looked like the dude smoking the cigar who, who, who directed all the monsters. Couldn't get out of his way. Couldn't, didn't want to pay Scottie Pippen. The Bulls are still rebuilding from after that. Like, the Bulls are still rebuilding 25 years later. Uh, did they – should Jerry Krause get some credit for building the team? Absolutely. He made the trade for Scottie Pippen. He traded for Dennis Rodman. He, he, had, he got Horace Grant. He signed Steve Kerr. All this stuff. Give him the credit, right? You can also give him credit for drafting good players after the Jordan era. He drafted really good players, except they were better everywhere else. They were terrible on the Bulls, but they were great when they ended up in other, other, other cities and other teams. And his best pick got a career-ending injury. So we kind of got to, you know, we got to give him the benefit of the doubt right there. But Jerry Cross is no longer with us, so it's hard to, like, talk about him. But he's made as the super villain right now. And it's the funniest thing because Scottie Pippen hated Jerry Krause. Michael Jordan hated Jerry. If Jerry Krause said that his favorite color was blue, he would paint every single car red. Like, Michael Jordan would find a way to obliterate anything that Jerry Krause liked. If Jerry Krause loved sushi, Michael Jordan would close all the sushi stores and the and sushi restaurants in the damn city. Hated Jerry Krause. The short pills comment, the, the, the diet. I mean, dude, I mean, it, it never ended with Michael Jordan. He was out of control. And, uh, man, Jerry Krause is the villain right now. That it, Phil Jackson wanted to leave. He was done. But, anyway. My next point. Michael Jordan hated the Knicks. He hated the New York Knicks so much, he didn't even give him credit for them being the toughest team in the run. He said the toughest team was the Pacers. He, not the Knicks, who they faced six times in seven years or whatever. It was the Pacers. Jordan hated the Knicks. He, hated Pat, he always loved beating Patrick Ewing. Zach, if you're Patrick, you lost to Jordan in college, and you lost to Jordan in the professionals. Like, well, I mean, that guy just haunts you. And now the, the school he coaches at, the, 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 the kit sponsor is Air Jordan. So, I mean, he just – Michael Jordan completely owns Patrick Ewing right now, Zach. Completely owns it. I'm not done. I'm not done. I got, I got a lot. I got a lot. Let's, let's see what else I'm going to say. Pippen was a sympathetic figure. Okay, yeah, he, he was underpaid. He, he got injured a lot. He quit on the team because Coach got the shot. We all know that. Okay, whatever. We, we get it. Pippen moved on. Did he recover from that? I think people saw him in a little bit of worse light, but it is what it is. He's still recognized as one of the greatest players ever. Adidas really screwed up not signing Michael Jordan. I mean, that's got to be one of the biggest L's in the history of sports. They, they, Adidas signs Michael Jordan, it's over with, but Michael Jordan's mom should be the CEO of Nike for telling him to take that meeting. Let's see. That team was done. They weren't come back for a seven. Phil Jackson needed a break. Pippen wanted to get paid, and then all that happened. So that, that team broke up. My last two points, Zach, before we close the show, I have two more points. It's that game six, Michael Jordan's final sequence. We don't talk about how when he was a Washington Wizard. We only talk about when he closed the show as the Chicago Bull, right? When he played as a Wizard that one year, it doesn't exist in history anymore. He makes the, – they're down 
what, three? They're down three with 40 seconds left. Stockton hits the big shot. Jordan gets the quick bucket. He then comes back down the court, gets the steal on Carl Malone, runs it down the court, and hits the game-winning shot to close the show. Like, that is crazy. Most of the championships, I think, were, they were, like, losing in the final minute, and they come back and won it. They did that with Phoenix. And then I think Seattle was beating him in that game. Jordan closed the show. And they beat the, the Jazz like that. I mean, just lunacy. I mean, Jordan just loves to toy with people. So that, that sequence is the, one of the greatest of all time, in my opinion. You can't find me in another sport or in basketball where you score, you steal it against their best player, and you walk down the court, and everyone knows what's going to happen. Everyone knows he's not passing the ball. He's going to shoot it. He puts it up, and you can see in the background there's a kid in the background doing this. Like, he, that kid knew that that was going to be it. People forget that the Jazz had a shot to win the game after that. People thought the game ended on that. No. Jazz had a shot. They get the stop. Jordan gets number six. It's madness. It's madness. Also, like you said, with the, with the break in between, playing baseball in between, his dad getting murdered, him getting blamed for it because of his gambling stuff. That's another – that's crazy. Can you imagine if that happened in 2020, Zach? Unbelievable. Ridiculous. No, but I, It'd think, be ridiculous. I think also with the that's really key with what his um his physio guy did, his trainer did. Because I remember I was actually doing a bit of research today and I and what his trainer used to do is he would watch all the game footage back. He would look every single game and after the right. game he would watch where Michael Jordan was running, the steps he was making, what direction of steps he was taking, where he was falling, in order in order to realize where he was sore after the game and therefore right. they, they lay off those body parts, train different parts. And that's probably why if you look at all the punishment that Michael Jordan took, especially in his early career getting beaten down by the Pistons, that he, his trainer probably saved him for some, from some serious, yeah. serious injuries. And that, that's such a, that shows just how committed not only was Michael Jordan to the sport, but his trainer was to Michael Jordan. And that's got to be a huge key figure for his success, especially after his um, him returning from baseball. And I think that was really, really, really noteworthy to have a look at. Yeah, it's all that in between. He came back. If baseball doesn't have a strike, does he come back? I think he still does. Um, but even after taking two years off, coming back and still being the best player on the court, I have one more point, man. I had one more point that I want to talk about when it comes to this. This is the last point I didn't make, Zach is that this documentary, he, I love how he said before, like, people are going to hate me. I think people love Michael Jordan even more than they thought after this. I think people love and respect him as a competitor and as a person. As a, Michael Jordan is a lunatic, but he's a lunatic with a big heart. Like, he's a psychopath. He makes things up in his head. He goes at people. He tried to kill Carl Malone because he won the MVP that year. He tried to kill Gary Payton because he thought he could shut him down, laughing at the iPad. I mean, this... That stuff, the, the, how he treated Scott Burrell, his teammate, Scott Burrell, is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, that, that is all time. Calling him a hoe at the free throw line, make this free throw hoe, you ain't going to do shit. And then, sure enough, Scotty Burrell scores 20, 23 points in a playoff game because he was ready for the moment. Kobe did that with Sasha Vujicic and Pau Gasol. Like, and that stuff works, man. That's the call, like, making imaginary – like demons and villains and that mental mind game, that shit works, bro. Like I, I told you the story. I was running down Ventura at the end of the sixth mile, at the end of 10 kilometers, drenching sweat. And I see a dude fresh on the other side of the street. And in my head, 
he took off and I took off and he was slightly beating me. I said, this motherfucker, this hoe ain't going to beat me. And I beat that motherfucker up the street from Ventura to Fulton. And that shit works, bro. That works. And when you tell yourself, I'm not going to let that guy beat me. I've never met that guy in my life. I'm never going to see that guy ever again. But I know damn well that I beat that dude up the light. It works. It pushes you. You burn more. It's, it's crazy. Navy SEALs do it, too, because there's no music. David Goggins says, there is no music out there. You got to find a way to motivate yourself. And that's, that's the truth. That's the truest thing ever. He's a lunatic. Michael Jordan gambling with the security for dollars and quarters just to say, I have your money in my pocket. crazy but i love it i love that i love the site because i kind of like that i'm an extremist zach you know me i'm an extremist i'm, I'm like all the way with shit like I, I i i try to reach a level of intensity that people get uncomfortable with hey, and like my like you stay hard and like he says winning has a price and leadership has a price and nick saban who is a college american football coach here says that in this day and age kids are soft and nobody wants to be a leader anymore because nobody wants to have the balls or nobody wants to be hated People want to be loved so much. People don't want to be the bad guy, the guy to hold somebody to such a high standard. And maybe that comes back, but I doubt it because it's just that's such a hard-ass dude. Michael Jordan was a larger-than-life figure, okay? There's no athletes right now going to Vegas on off days, drinking tequila, smoking cigars, partying on it. They don't, everybody's out taking their body and recovery. It's a different world. It was a larger-than-life figure doing this. And it's going to lead to people in workplaces being assholes probably because they're like, hey, if Michael Jordan got the best out of their people doing this, I'm going to do it with my team at my marketing company. So that may lead to some, that may lead to some clash as well because, you, look, doctors don't yell at nurses to get the best out of them. Can you imagine if a doctor just belittled a nurse in the middle of surgery and he's like, that's the way I get the best out of you? Like, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that would be amazing. I'd probably be the same way, but it, I, sports are a different beast. I just and Michael Jordan with this the security guard who got sick, coming back as well. Shout out to Reggie Miller who took losses from Kobe and Michael Jordan. One of the very few people who can say that. And uh, yeah, I think it was a beautiful. It was wrapped up very nice, Zach. And the way they told it, um, Carmen Electra kissing the trophy too. That was that's I didn't all even time. Know like, she dated Dennis Rodman. That was that was news. Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio in the locker room after after jordan winning his last title like what the hell like that's that's all time also but uh, sorry zach go ahead i was gonna say i think two things to add you know one thing obviously like it was a great documentary but i just i just personally i wasn't a fan of when it kept as you mentioned before when it when it kept switching the timelines and yeah. especially for me who I mean, I'm sure a lot of like hardened like season basketball like fans watched it, but for someone like me who who's slowly been getting into the sport, I found it really, really confusing to keep up with it and yeah. also to kind of piece things together. Because one minute we're in 1998, then we're in 1992, then we're in 1997. So for me, like that would be my only thing. Especially that they've got all the tapes. Why yeah. not put it in chronological order? And for those who don't know the full story, like me. It certainly builds up more tension, especially. And I think one of the I think that was the issue. I think he he designed it for basketball fans. And I don't know if they thought the casual would be as interested. I think I, I agree with you on that. Because he designed it for a guy who knew the story. <laughs> he designed it for a guy who kind of knew the timeline. That, that person definitely wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, but who knew the, 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 this was going to happen and that, and that a casual would enjoy it 
who can latch on, you know? What are you talking about? I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Look at my... Uh, but, my but you think about the director... The, the director... Whatever. He's not even play there anymore. But look, I'm sure, I'm sure the director was probably like, okay, I got all this footage. People are going to want to see this footage. And then the commentary will just be secondary. When in reality, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan... I could watch Michael Jordan on an iPad for 10 hours. Let, give Michael Jordan clips and I want to see his reaction. I would pay... Good money to see that on Netflix. That should be I mean, the next series. That's another thing about the footage, you know. I was, again, it, it took it took this long for all the footage to be released. And again, I was because doing a bit of research for this before, and it wasn't until in 2016 when the Cavs actually won the playoffs that Jordan was like, "Okay, let's film this," and he agreed for yeah. it to be released. And that's when film filming began. So Shill shows that his mindset hasn't changed. He wants to get back at other teams. He wants to be the main focus and he's deserved it the superstar that he is today and that's how he's become it yeah I love LeBron but Jordan was just a different cat Jordan was just a different cat in a different time and the way he played and the way he would fly in the air some of the stuff he would do it'd be kind of be like yeah this is not real and then the whole dynasty was real Dennis Rodman is a real human being that that actually happened that guy is real and yeah who knows that's there's so much what ifs like the biggest what if is what if what if they came back for a year? What if you kept Phil Jackson? Phil Jackson doesn't go to the Lakers. The Lakers win three titles. You know, the biggest that, what if is social. What if social media was around then? Oh, I mean, Jordan could get. Imagine Michael Jordan during the whole gambling thing in the NBA Finals during social media. Does the interview in sunglasses indoors? He would have just been torched for doing a sun, doing indoor sunglass interview. I know, especially with Dennis Rodman as well. The amount, is especially. At certain yeah. times, like with his state, and it's, um, I think when he was at the Pistons or just at the Chicago Bulls, I can't quite remember. But when he, you know, he got arrested for having it, he, they found him sleeping in his car with a gun. Who knows right. what would happen, like with social media around then? Like, right. you've got the trolls nowadays and the different types of people. It, it just would have been, it could have ended so differently. And I think that's what makes the story even greater because MJ was able to become such a star without the presence of him in, on social media. And that yeah. just shoots And people only knew him, like, to begin with, through his basketball. Right. really helped elevate the sport. To, and they said in the documentary, what, the NBA was in 18 countries, and now it was yeah. now it's in what, over, over 150. So it surely right. shows that social media isn't the key to true success. Just being an absolute beast at what you do is, I mean, his game did the talking. I think that's why people respect those guys more. Because nowadays, he even talks about it. Nowadays, before even playing a game of basketball in the professionals, they're signing $50 million contracts here and $100 million there without proving anything. Those guys had to earn every single dollar, man. It was, uh, it was crazy. And there was more trash talk. There was more dunks. I feel like it was just more anger towards each other, which I kind of dig. It, was, it just seems like it was just more intensity. People wanted it more. Now it's kind of like, I don't want to get hurt. Let's not hurt each other, guys, because we're all making good money. That is, yeah, that, I mean, you, you could say that as well. But then at the same time, what you're saying, how, you know, everyone's getting like multi-million dollar deals without having laced up. Look at Jordan. He managed to get through his career at college in North Carolina alone. He managed to get a shoe dealership with yeah. Nike. His own pair of sneakers, big, you know, really heavily attributed to his agent as well with the name Air Jordan. Right. You know, stuff like that. I mean, I think personally, maybe an unpopular opinion, but I think these athletes are deserving of it. If you look at what they're doing and how rare that is comparing to what other people do, and I think, I really do think it's fully deserved. 
in my opinion anyway it's all i mean yeah and the collegiate thing i'm i don't disagree with that i think it, it all depends but because there's some guys who haven't done it i mean michael jordan was uh, michael jordan won a championship as well in north carolina people forget he was arguably yeah. the best player hakeem Olajuwon was the number one pick that year but jordan was probably the best player it's just hakeem was a freaking nature you don't pass on a seven foot machine like that so you know it, it made his success is warranted his it, it, it came with that but yeah, bro, that was just crazy. He he had to navigate through all that stuff. Phil Jackson navigating through all that stuff. And I, imagine if Michael Jordan went, like, to the Celtics or the Lakers or, like, a good organization. Like, that would just be, like, he, he would never lost. And, yeah, when he, he has – he dragged Glad people. He dragged people to the promised land. He dragged people to the promised land who necessarily didn't want to be there. He did what he had to do, man. And I don't know if it's his eyes, but my man, he's just is, – he's just worn out, bro. That was a lot. And now he's a very private guy. He smokes his cigars. He drinks his tequila. And he just – he he just he's as petty as possible. Like, if he finds a way to get a jab in, he will get the jab in, which always makes me laugh. He'll find a way. And uh, that's Michael Jordan in a nutshell, the epitome of a super winner. And uh, I, the last thing, though – I keep saying the last thing, like the last dance, Zach, is that I feel like Jordan wanted somebody to take it away from him. Not – you know what I'm saying? Like, when you hear him talking about, like, we should have gone for seven – you, you don't – we didn't lose. We're still on the court. You stay on the court until you lose. You stay on the pitch until you lose. And nobody beat him. And I, you could – for me, it's saying, like, I wish somebody would have beat us. I wish D Duncan would have beat us. Or I wish Kobe and Shaq that year would have found a way to make it past Utah and, and beat us in the finals because Shaq and Kobe know. were coming. I think I'll just – to be honest, I think I'll just – That would have been incredible. Nah. Jordan, beat, Jordan beat Magic and Kobe beat Jordan. That would have been the ultimate, like, boom, boom, you know? Like, that would have been madness. I, I disagree because I don't think – I'm kind of happy that they ended it on the last dance, that last season, because if you look at Jordan's competitive spirit and the way he controlled the team, if they didn't – if they let's say if they stayed on for a consecutive year – and they didn't win. His competitive nature was like, okay, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to go out and hide. Yeah. And they're going to try and keep repeating it. His legacy could have been heavily tarnished. You know, he came back in the he came back with the Washington Wizards in the early 2000s. Admittedly, I don't know much about that, but I'm pretty sure right. it wasn't anything like him in the mid 90s. No. So who knows? It could have gotten worse for him if he'd stayed at the Bulls right. and tried to push an already mentally exhausted team, as well as a coach and including himself. It could have it could have ended off worse. So. I mean, it's better to say that they end is they that they ended on a high. Oh, it's a beautiful ending! Good. It's a beautiful ending! It's a beautiful ending. The six titles, the the shot, the sequence, the celebration, everything is just it just it ties in beautifully and perfectly. And I just love how Michael Jordan didn't allow his family Great. to go to Utah. They didn't let his kids go to Utah because those Utah guys they have a reputation of being very vulgar and saying some some very bad words. To opposing teams. What's that about? Come on. I thought, I mean, I'm over here in England. I thought Utah was all Mormons. Didn't expect that. A lot of, lot of hard R's coming out of people from Utah. Anyway, anything else on The Last Dance? Because that was a hell of a documentary. That was a great documentary. Not just a sports documentary, but just a great documentary in general. Yeah, I think especially, like saying over here, I think a lot of people, I, I mean, I know some of my friends that like, kind of watched it. People who into basketball enjoyed it, but you know it's it's gotten a bit mixed reviews over here. Like some some people have gotten a bit bored by it, but I personally like I really really enjoyed it and it because I just like someone like me who just knows basketball. I just knew MJ's like, oh, he's one of the greats. But when you actually watch this, you realise what it took him to be great and what it made him stay at the top, and then you just appreciate the sport as well and him mm. even even more. So it. 
definitely, if anyone hasn't watched, it's definitely, definitely worth the watch. And that's it. That's all I got to say. The Too Legit Show. I'm very happy to have you on the show, Zach. I think you brought I'm some happy energy. To be here. Um, you brought some energy. You're like Troy Deeney. He's not coming back, but just like Watford in the house and at Too Legit Show, we'll be getting some fire guests down in the pipeline. Uh, for people who want any guest requests, leave some comments down below. At Mr. Alex Fernandez, at Zach Green, and uh, we're out. Zach, anything else before we have uh, before we take off? Nah, just stay safe during this pandemic, and thank you for watching as always.